0: Welcome to GCAF Manila Podcast. Listen to God's Word on the go and on demand. So, good morning. My name is Hurry, and I'll be sharing to you God's Word for today. Uh, I'd like to welcome the first-timers. Hi. I'm glad you're here. And everyone listening to us at home, I know we'd love to hear and uh, know that you're watching with us. So, comment kayo, make, a, make your presence known, react, whatever. So, we are now still in the series of Philippians. Bumalik tayo back Philippians because we had a break in October. We had a missions uh, series. Now we're back at Philippians. And last, I'm going to be starting the end of the letter. It's going to be the beginning of the end of the letter of, Pas- of Paul. Last week, Pastor Marvin um, talked about chapter 3. Now it's going to be my turn to talk about chapter 4. And it's... And it's going next. Yes. Uh, Philippians 4, 1 to 9. I'll I'll be reading it for you. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Syntiki to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Sorry, it's Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to anyone, everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So since we are, uh, since this is the end of the... Uh, the the beginning of the end of Paul's letter, we'll be, we'll be having a lot of recaps. Marami tayong babalikan ng mga verses. And let's start off with the first verse, Philippians 4. Therefore, my brothers, um, whom I love and long for. So when we read this verse, ma-, ma notice natin what the words that Paul used in describing the Philippians, right? He calls them brothers. And in the next verse, may mga babae siyang name drop. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, we can really see that Paul really wants the best for these people, the, the, the people of Philippi, and believes that, in, and, in his, and he is following Christ, the example of Christ, in showing the love, just based on sa mga words na ginamit niya here. And then he goes on by saying, Stand firm. Stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So, what was he trying to say here? Stand firm thus. Um, so Paul is encouraging the Philippians to follow him, right? Last Sunday, Paul was encouraging the Philippians to follow him as I imitate Christ. And chapters 3, verse uh, 17. But not, he's telling here that not simply follow me in standing firm. So, right, is follow, yes, he's encouraging the Philippians to follow me in standing firm. But he says, stand firm in the Lord. So we could refer that not only do we follow Paul in standing and firm in the Lord, but we should also uh, rely on the power of the Lord in our standing firm, in our imitating with Christ. Imitating Christ as we imitate Pastor Marvin, as we imitate um, Pastor Jeter, Pastor Vianz, Pastor William, Pastor Peniel, i lahat, baka may all baka may Maybe there's You know, But As we imitate them as they imitate Christ. And then, we hear and now we look at the most um, intriguing word, the first word, therefore. If there is a word therefore, we always have to ask, what is it there for? So, we have to look back. We have to read back again in chapter 3, 18 to 21. It's the last parts of chapter 3. It says, For many of whom I have often told you, and I'll tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Sige, explain <laughs> so he was saying that there are people who are enemies of the cross of Christ, right? He said it's there. People, maybe part of their church who who are who their minds are set on earthly things. Now they don't value, they don't imitate Paul in his imitating of Christ. And then Paul Paul reminds them that hindi kayo yun. Your your citizenship is in heaven. You are not like them. You are not enemies of Christ. Therefore stand firm in the lord that's what he was saying therefore stand firm in the lord you're not like them you're not like uh, people whose mind is set on earthly things that's not you therefore stand in the lord so we have an idea first verse 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 i'll be sharing a little bit of a background of the whole uh, chapter of the whole text but before i proceed um i'll take this time to pray Father. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to serve you in preaching. God, we, I ask you, God, to help us understand your word. Reveal your word to us, God. Help us to understand it. And be able to, as we hear and listen, and God, not only do we understand, but help us, Lord, to experience it fully, Lord. God, I know you can do this. And Lord, give me the words to say, God. I trust that you will give me the words to say, that you may take all the glory, Lord. May you be glorified, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, how many times, how many disagreements, differences, or divisions have you seen? How many times have you seen disagreements office, <laughs> disagreements office, uh, someone disagreeing with your boss? know may said something bad to. Lower peers or a school. Um, disagreement among a teacher and another teacher or a teacher with a student. I can remember myself being very disagreeing with my teachers. <laughs> but I love you teachers. Sana kayo If you know by God's grace you're listening. When was the last time you had disagree? We've seen disagreements online. Yung mga yung candidate nagusun yung i vote. May sinabi silang masama about that candidate. candidate, 's magreply din yung mga tao. Wow, kayo naman. Yung candidate nyo din, wala ding, whatever, hindi na ako mag-name drop pero <laughs> sana si <kuya." laughs> But my brother has a really firm belief on siyempre, I vote. Sabihin na lang natin na hindi siya boxer. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many divisions have we recently seen? Divisions in in the church, in families? People in relationships 2021 is the year of breakups. My God, you know. Praise the Lord for the single people. We have been saved from the breakups. <laughs> we have been saved from the breakups of this year. As I you know, as a gamer, I really as a gamer, I'm I really admire. I, I was really hurt no na si Alodia and Will Dasovich the breakup. I was like Oh Father, I'm so sorry. But you know, I'm praying for you, Will. That's the way Tana. Maging maging Christians kayo, Alodia. I love you guys. <laughs> so let's continue. Why was I asking that? Because when we read verse two, we find this. Paul says, "I entreat you, I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Syntiki, to agree in the Lord." So, what does the word "entreat" mean? So, little search, sa Google lang pag search nyo don. It says, to ask someone earnestly to do something. So, Paul was asking them, Euodia, I earnestly ask you, Sintikia, I earnestly ask you to agree in the Lord. In Philemon 8 to 10, verse 8 to 10, we can see here an example of, of the choices of words that Paul used. In verse 8, he says, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal, I prefer to entreat to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose fathers I became in the imprisonment. So here we can see that the words that Paul used, entreat, in, for Euodia and Syntyche, is out of love. We know that Paul was one, was one of the people who helped build this church up. And he has all the authority, I believe, to command your audience, agree with each other. I command you. No, you have no choice. Agree with each other. But he didn't say that. Paul used entreaty words. Words with love. By saying, no, I appeal to you. I earnestly ask you to agree with each other. So when we see the word agree in the Lord, we can clearly notice na may disagreement pala sila. Hindi pala sila nagkasundo with Iwodia and Sintiki. And the fact is na nag name drop si Paul sa kanila, it means that they are um, important people in the church. They are they're influential people in the church. Kasi kung hindi sila important, nagalagay lang dyan, kayo na nag-aaway dyan, agree in the Lord. But he name dropped them. He called, him, called them out, Iwodia, Sintiki, I earnestly ask you, agree in the Lord. And what bugged what's boggling me the most is chapter 4 palang sinabi ni Paul tong may nag-aaway pala sa Philippians. And three chapters have passed by, and wala tayong alam na may nag-aaway and, and and So if we look back, no, if we really look at the chapter 1, 2, and 3, in the eyes that there is a big trouble, there's a big disagreement with influential people at the church, we can notice something different. So when we read chapter 1, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit. So he's emphasizing one spirit, not disagreeing with each other. One mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So in one mind, not disagreeing with each other, not frightened about anything. This is a clear sign of them, of their destruction, but of your salvation way. Masyado na pala ako mabilis. sorry guys, online. I'm <laughs> <ako na> excited. <laughs> but of your salvation, and that from God. <laughs> okay, Philippians 2. So remember, he was already reminding them to stand firm with one spirit, with one mind. Again, in chapter 2, he was saying, in verse 2, with the same mind, complete my joy. How? By having the same mind. Again, he says it again. Having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself let each of you look not only to your own interest don't be don't don't disagree with each other by only looking at your own interest but also the interests of others have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus and in verse 3 it's it's, it's recurring the whole letter ito talaga sinasabi ni paul Verse 14, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. He was telling them to have the same mind. And if anything, if anything of you think otherwise, God will reveal it also to you. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So what was Paul trying to say here? Really, there is a big tension in the church of Philippi. And in, in Acts 15, if, we read, if you read it, if you have time, it's an example of Paul having a, a big disagreement with another believer. Paul himself, huh, the one writing this letter, encouraging the audience in Tiki to agree, he had a big uh, disagreement with Barnabas. Siguro They had a um, disagreement on what is the best strategy to spread the gospel of Christ. So they have a in verse 39 in chapter 15 of Acts. It says there that they had a sharp disagreement. And if you continue to read, they went on their separate ways. They nag na Paul went his own way and Barnabas went his own way. And Paul doesn't want this to happen, so church, ni Euodia and Sintiki, the church of Philippi. He doesn't want this to happen that in their disagreement, sa hindi pagkasundo. I'm proud of my Tagalog. <laughs> <laughs> sa ilang, sa disagreement they Paul doesn't want them to no, divide, separate so Paul but then we can also see if we continue to read Philippians 4 verse 2 and onwards we can see that Paul did not only write a letter so we know that when Paul was writing this letter all the, the whole time he had Euodia and Sintiki in mind they had a disagreement and so not only did Paul write, di lang na, I earnestly ask you, you sintiki, agree in the Lord, wag na kayo magahaway, basahin ay, basahin niyo yung le- letter na ko. Diba? Dun, one mind, one spirit, one love. He did not only do that, and here we can look at Paul's example on how he tries to amend people who are disagreeing, people in the church who have a disagreement, and then Paul continues in verse three, yes. I also ask you, true companion, help these women. So my taojan, who Paul considers his true companion. So not only did Paul send a letter, Paramakasundo Si Uodia and Sintiki, not only did Paul earnestly ask them to agree with each other, but he also called out his true companion. Now reach out to them. Help these women. Help these women. In Hebrews 3, verse 12 to 13, he says here, Take care, brothers. The author says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Paul was saying, he was asking his true companion, reach out to them, that remind them, exhort them, remind them that they should, not, they should take care lest they fall away from the living God. Lest they fall away. So remind them, exhort them. He was calling out to his true companion. This is, the, this is why I value, I truly value my wider group. See, it's easy for me to strive side by side in the gospel when I know that the people who have the same mindset as me are also doing it with me. You know, binubuli manila ako na. Auntinala kaming walang joa. Auntinala kaming walang joa. But, you know, I, I really love them to death. And I, I'll take this time to shout out, say no, kingdom builders. Woo! Shout out, say no, watching online. I love you guys. Thank you for taking care of me, looking out for me. So I encourage you, brothers, take care lest you fall away from the living God. He continues, but not only did he call out to his true companion to help them. To to he is asking himself, help you audience in Tiki to agree, but then he reminded them of something very important. Paul reminded them in verse three, um, who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So they are reminded that their names are in the book of life, and, and they will be preserved by God from any any kind of worship that will take them away further from God. And but, but they are reminded that they have labored for the gospel as well. If you read it, na, si, ni remind ni Paul reminds that you and Sintiki before. They, we've already labored together side by side. And their names are already written in the book of life. So I entreat you to work it out. Sabi ni Paul I, I entreat you, you Sintiki, work it out. Your names are already written in the book of life. You already have salvation. That's why I will re-echo again the importance of a wider group. Not, it's, it's really life transforming and it preserves us to continue to persevere in the Lord. So if anyone here doesn't have a wider group, anybody watching online who doesn't have a wider group and wants to be a part of a wider group, you can reach You can reach out to me, Pastor Marvin, the people, everybody in the back. and You can talk to them. We'll direct you. We'll be very glad to lead you to a wider group. So now we have the background, right? Background for Sorry, guys. Ah, <laughs> background for We have an idea of what's really going on in the Church of Philippi. And then we now go to a weird kind of. Uh, for me, when I was reading it, it was very weird. Knowing the context, na ngayon alam natin. So let's go. So the topic of my preaching is "Rejoice in the Lord." Hindi ko na pinag but it's great. <laughs> I'm glad I used that. I used that title. He says the first point would then be rejoice in the Lord rejoicing in the Lord is beyond circumstantial. Rejoicing in the Lord is beyond circumstantial. So he says here in Philippians 4:4 4, 4, in the next verse exactly in the next verse rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So the question for us would then be can we really rejoice always? Right? Or is it even possible na Masaya, we are rejoicing all the time. Is it possible? Remember what, what was going on, the context, right? We found out that may pala. there are big names in the church. They have a the disagreement at the church, and then, and then Paul was reminding them, asking the help of his true companion, you know, pag sundu mo sila. Um, uh, your names are written in the book of life. So imagine with me, ah? imagine with me, Sipinatin, si Pastor Marvin, chakasi kuya Vianz, may disagreement sila sige gusto ko na din sumali sa disagreement na yan salin niyo natin ako tatlo kami nag uh, hindi sabi ni Pastor Marvin kasi last week very early on his preaching sabi niya si Stephen Curry daw ang greatest of all time and I was like really kung tatanungin mo si Kuya Vance Kuya Vance would say black mamba Kobe greatest of all time right so disagree ako naman PBA Red Bull NBA Chicago Bulls always been a Chicago Bull fan, and the greatest of all time for me has to be Michael Jordan. Yes, So many of Yep. That's right. So Si Pas Marvin pala so na si parang So talo na No, no. So imagine this. There's a disagreement. Na a big disagreement among the leaders in the church Pastor Marvin Kuyavians they have a disagreement and and Pastor William you know in this case in this example si Pastor William sinabi ni si Pastor Vians wag na kayo mag-disagree totoo naman talaga si Michael Jordan yung, yung greatest of all time Wag na kayo mag-disagree agree with each other and then he says he reminds them that na na he calls out Pastor Jeter my true companion no, tulungan mo sila pakita mo talaga sa kanila na si Michael Jordan talaga yung greatest of all time and then, Paul, Paul in, this, in this example, sorry, napalayo na ako. In this example, Paul was telling them na, your names are in, written in the book of life. remind nila sila na, agree with each other, my true companion, help them to agree, your names are written in the book of life. And then, exactly the next verse, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Imagine, back, balik tayo sa, sa illustration ko. Hindi always si Pastor Marvin Vince, sabi ni Pastor William. I agree. Rejoice in the Lord always. What? If you look at it logically, what does it mean, Paul? What are you trying to say when we rejoice in the Lord always? There is a big disagreement at the Church of Philippi. We are reminded of this in the context. And if we read back in the last chapter, there are enemies of the cross of Christ, possibly among them. And if we read chapter 1, Paul clearly says that he is in prison. Right? So the whole time Paul was in prison, nakakulung siya, and then he still, he's still able to tell them, Rejoice in the Lord always. Do not disagree with one another. So clearly, when Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, it does not refer to a situation, it does not refer to a circumstance, but it must refer to something else. We have to look back on the book of life reference. Here we look at the words of Jesus. Luke 10, verse 19 to 20, he says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Jesus was the one talking here. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. What was Jesus trying to say here? In verse 19, we can see that we already have power to trample over the enemy. We already have success in ministry. We may be doing well in ministry. But Jesus tells us, that is do not rejoice in that. Do not rejoice in the success in ministry. But rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. So here we are to find that our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is in the Lord, not on circumstance. So whether we are having a great success in ministry or not, or we're doing, or if we're doing something, you know, something not worth rejoicing, and or our joy is based on the Lord. It has to be based on the Lord. So what does this mean when our joy is based on the Lord? What does rejoicing in the Lord really mean? Look back again. Chapter 1. In Philippians 25, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Joy in the faith. Our joy is found in our faith. So when Paul says rejoice in the Lord, this means that our joy is found in our faith. In, in what faith? What, what are we believing here? Ano pinag-u-usapan natin when we hear faith? That whether by life or death, which Paul clearly emphasized in the early verses, whether we are in hardship or not, whether we feel ashamed or not, the fact is, only let us hold on to what we have already acquired, which is the salvation of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, our names are already written in the book of life. And I want to say that all of our names here are already written in the book of life, and nothing we can do could take it away. The same emphasis that Paul has, saying that I can, whether I live or die, my name is already written in the book of life. I'm, I will, therefore, I can rejoice in the Lord always. And then he commands the people in Philippi, I remind you of this, that your names are written in the book of life already. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will keep on saying rejoice. So that's what it means when rejoicing in the Lord is beyond circumstantial. Second, rejoicing in the Lord produces gentleness. In the next text, In the next verse, we can see here that when Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. In verse 5, immediately after, he says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So in, in the Greek, the gentleness there, reasonableness is translated to gentleness, and we'll be using that translation, gentleness. So what does this mean? Well, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So, we have to look back again in chapter 2. Paul has made it very easy for us to understand his letter because all we have to do is read it fully, you know, read back again. In chapter 2, he says, it's like a complete parallel of verse 5. He says here, do all things without grumbling or disputing. He says, do all things in the spirit of gentleness that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Shine as lights in the world is your gentleness be made known to everyone. So this is like a complete um, parallel on what we are reading now in verse 5. So the gentleness that Paul is referring to is in chapter 2, as we just read. And when, when the question for us would then be, when was the last time we were, you know, Gentle in our dealing with something, when I asked that question, I think i what comes into your mind was when you were not gentle, right <laughs> when I ask you when was the last time you were gentle right I'm talking about myself <laughs> sorry. Waiter, I'm, I was not able to control. <laughs> but when we, when was the last time you were really gentle? You know, you made the conscious choice to be gentle when, when instead of grumbling, or instead of you know wanting to dispute because you know they you were not gentle. You had to prove that you were right. You had to prove. taimika <laughs> meka. But. I have to say that I'm one of them. It's, I've, it's not been easy for me to be uh, not grumble when I know I'm doing something that is not right or not easy for me to dispute when I know they're doing something wrong. But clearly, Paul, in his imitating of Christ, tells them, let your gentleness be made known to everyone. This is a re-echo of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ have already been saying this the whole time, right? In the Sermon of the Mount. If somebody slaps your right cheek, you give your other cheek. If somebody throws you a stone, you throw them bread. Jesus has been telling us this to be gentle. And that's how a Christian should be. And I'm sorry, Lord, if I wasn't, I wasn't gentle. So following the example of Paul and following the example of, of the believers here in church, as they imitate Christ, we are to remember that we have to be gentle. Because this joy, this joy in the Lord, rejoicing because our names are written in the book of life, must produce gentleness in us. It must produce gentleness in us. So in our striving in one mind, and our striving with one spirit, we are to be gentle. And then this gentleness must be made known to everyone. But I know people who have to have to say, na an eye for an eye talaga. Dapat, pag may nasabi siyang mali sa akin, alam kong mali ginagawa niya, I have to speak up. Dapat sabihan ko siya, bahala na yan. I'd rather not be gentle than to prove my point. But then, the funny thing is, Paul continues it, not, it Paul did not end it there. He didn't say, be gentle and let it be known to everyone. Hindi na sinabing ganun lang. But he continued with saying, the Lord is at hand. What does that mean? We do not need to take vengeance or seek to dispute whatever negativity in the world. Negati- negativity, the world is shooting at us because the Lord is near and vengeance is His. So when, the Lord says the, when Paul says the Lord is at hand, it means the Lord is near and He will be the one to handle all that. We don't have to fight back. We don't have to prove whenever we are being uh, attacked in our christian walk with god whenever we are fighting to stay gentle we don't have to prove unless you really have to <laughs> but you don't have to prove it because the lord is near and john, john piper um, had an effort to explain what this means and what does it mean that the lord is at hand here's what he says when the lord is at hand it means he is near it means jesus is near therefore in the sense that he is That his coming is supposed to function in its unexpected rudeness as a motive for us to always be spiritually awake and ready to meet him without shame as good stewards of our gifts. He is near means our ignorance of the time of his coming should never function to picture him as far and slow, but as near and sudden. His explanation saying that the Lord is near... We have to be vigilant. We have to stay awake, spiritually awake, wanting to be gentle at all circumstance, wanting to prove that we are really in the book of life, written in the book of life. And he says, the Lord is at the gates, and he will break in at any moment, and a total triumph. He's like, giving an illustration of what the second coming of Jesus Christ is. It's like It's just like the Lord is at the gate of a city. Jesus Christ is at the gate of the city as a general, waiting to conquer the whole city. At any time, he's just at the gate. He's just at the gate. So any moment now, he might come right now. No, I don't know. Or sometime. mga videos, You might come right now. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so that's what Paul was trying to say, that it is near and it is sudden. So we are motivated in our gentleness because the Lord is near. And now we'll go to our third point. Rejoicing in the Lord leads to God's peace. Do not be anxious. The next verse, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So looking at the logic of these two verses, we can understand, we can understand the anxiety that Paul is referring to. And in verse 7, he says, The peace of God um, that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in, in logically speaking, anxiety here means you do not have the peace of God. You do not have the peace of God. So that's what he's saying here. You are anxious. Do not be anxious, and therefore lose the peace of God that guards your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. In First Peter 56 6-7, it's somewhat like uh, to help us understand that text. We look at this in Peter, say, Peter saying, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So when Paul mentions the Lord is at hand, we are encouraged not to be anxious or try to fix it ourselves, you know, trying to prove that we are right and to lose the peace that God gives. Peter clearly shows us that in humbling, para siyang, uh, uh humbling para gentleness, eh. humbling gentleness under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. The word uh, proper time there could refer to that the Lord is at hand; that in, in any time He might come, and in His when the time comes that He He will come, He will exalt you, He will vindicate you, He will fix all the problems. And and judge those who have wronged you because of your gentleness and rejoicing in him. So instead, he was saying, instead, we are called to cast our anxieties on him and trust that in his perfect time, he will vindicate us and correct every wrong. Therefore, do not be anxious. Therefore, be gentle. Do not be anxious about anything. But then Paul continues. Instead, so do not be anxious. Instead, But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So what are these three? Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So prayer is a general term sa New Testament. Uh, It's common in the New Testament. Supplication, on the other hand, is a kind of prayer. We let our requests be known to God. But then we can see here that thanksgiving is the attitude we should have in supplication. When we make our requests be known to God, We should have the attitude of thanksgiving. So we are going to God in supplication with the attitude of thankfulness, knowing that God is good. Knowing that God is good and we do not deserve this. We are not deserving of this. This is the the heart of thanksgiving, the heart of thankfulness, that God is good, God is generous, and we do not deserve this. So when we are making our requests be made known to God, when we pray and make our requests be made known to Him, in thanks with thanksgiving we are not to, to, um, to force God to give us something that's not the right attitude na na that we God to give us this give us that but the right attitude should be thankfulness should be thanksgiving we know that God is good and he is generous as a, a good father who provides for his children and that we do not deserve this so then we, we come in with a humble heart you know, asking God And making our requests be made known to him. And next, as the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, when we read it, the peace of God is in Christ Jesus. This peace of God is found in Christ Jesus, as he ended it in that verse. The peace of God, he tried to explain what the peace of God does it guards your heart and your minds, but it is in Christ Jesus. So, what does this mean? That when Paul says the peace of God is found in Christ Jesus, this refers to the peace that Jesus gives when we have faith that we have been justified through His blood. So we're going back again to rejoicing in the Lord, that, that that who that we who are undeserving have been justified, have been made right in the eyes of God if we have faith that Jesus Christ did this for us. In John 14. Verse 27, it's Jesus again saying, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let your hearts be let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here Jesus tells us a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that that not the same way that the world gives. It surpasses all understanding. We do not understand what it could be, but. He says he explains it to us that this peace of God guards your hearts from what, from unnecessary feelings, and it guards your minds from unnecessary thoughts. So, but the world is, I don't know, is devious. May mga ano sila, May mga strategies sila to help us treat our own anxiety, right? The world, what does the world when you are anxious? What does the world say? Tra? Inum lang yan, or Shut, 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 or how? Uh, take a vacation, right? Or no, walk away from everyone else. Be be alone, or eat, treat yourself, right? To Mama Sati, Jane, Gana But that's how the world tells us to treat our anxiety, and Jesus Christ clearly says that this. This kind of peace that I give, it's not the same way that the world gives. It surpasses all understanding. And it guards your hearts and your minds from the wrong things. So, things like unworthiness. I'm not worthy to be here. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind from thinking this. I'm backsliding. Is there even such a thing? If your name is already written in the book of life, you, have, you can't do anything to blot it away. God will really bring you back. Bring you back to Him. I don't think there's such thing as a backsliding. If there is, it must be a dance move. <laughs> it should be just a dance move. Shame? Are you ashamed of coming back to Christ? Is there fear in coming back to Christ? These are all unnecessary thoughts and unnecessary mindsets. So when we are asking the Lord in our fight for for joy in our fight for gentleness, in our fight with anxiety, we ask, we make it known to God with humility in our hearts. Lord, give me your peace that surpasses all understanding. Take away the wrong thoughts. Take away the wrong feelings in my heart. If, if anybody here is a sinner, I believe everybody here is a sinner. you No, No, wala. but everybody here is a sinner. And if we were to rank ourselves from the worst sinners, I believe I would be at the top. Or I would be one of them. I I, I didn't live the perfect life. And if, if we're talking about unworthiness, then I'm the most unworthy to be in here, in front of you, speaking. But why am I here? Every time I prepare a preaching, this is my fourth one, the devil always attacks me that you're not worthy. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be holding the mic. You shouldn't be singing in front. You're not, you've done this. You've done that. You're not the perfect one. For me, it does slow me down. At times, it slows me down from in my preparation, in my, in my walk and persevering in the faith. But I am reminded that I'm already saved. I've already acquired the salvation of Christ. And I have faith in this that He died for me he died and his blood has justified me and made me right in the eyes of god so there's no such thing as unworthiness there's no such thing as a black sliding when our names are already written in the book of life and i want to say that all our names here are written in the book of life everybody listening i want to say that your names are written in the book of life so now that our minds are guarded now that we understand that our minds and our hearts are guarded what then should we, we, we be thinking about, right? The peace of God must propel us to fill our minds, not in doing anything, not doing nothing, but it must propel us to action. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that guards your hearts, that guards your minds, must lead us to action. And Paul tells us here, finally brothers, now that you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable—if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise—think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul was saying that if you have the peace of God, it will not lead you to passivity. No, walana kayong ginagawa. It will lead you to action, to think of good things, and to action to help you imitate. Paul, as he imitates Christ, help you imitate Pastor Marvin and the pastors here as they imitate Christ. It leads us to action to practice these things and to remind us that we are really written in the book of life. Our name's already written in the book of life. And we, if we have faith in this, we already have power over the enemy. We already have trampled the enemy. And there's nothing he can do. The wrong thoughts, the wrong mindsets, the wrong feelings, it's not even real. So as I end, I'll be reading again chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. We are reminded that only let this prevail. Let this be our one true motive to, let, to stand side by side with everyone, to have the same mind with everyone, to strive, to persevere to the goal, which is to imitate Christ, to imitate our pastors, to imitate the Christians who are imitating Christ, or to follow with their footsteps. So I encourage you, brothers. No, I don't. I take that back. I entreat you with all the love that Christ has, with all my love, I earnestly ask you to uh, agree with each other. Don't take anything from each other and I earnestly ask you to rejoice in the Lord always. Your names are already written in the book of life. There's nothing that the enemy could take away from you, remind you of unworthiness, remind remind you of thoughts that is not of his. So in recap, Rejoicing in the Lord is beyond circumstantial. Your names are written in the book of life, and if it is, there is nothing you can do to stop God from bringing you back to Him. We have faith that Christ's death on the cross have already made us, who are undeserving, righteous in the eyes of God, justified in, before God. Therefore, we can only truly rejoice in the Lord always. And then I will keep on saying, Rejoice. In the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord produces gentleness. This rejoicing in the Lord also produces gentleness that is to be known to everyone. A gentleness that is based on the truth that, we, that the Lord is near and that whatever toxicity we may encounter, we trust that in God's perfect time, He will vindicate us and judge those who have wronged us because the Lord is near. We are constantly to say, stay spiritually awake and ready to show that we have been good stewards of our gifts. And lastly, rejoicing in the Lord leads to God's peace. I entreat you, brothers and sisters, Make if you are having an anxious thoughts, if there is anything bothering you from your persevering in your walk with Christ, if there is anything stopping you or bringing you away, you can call out to God. Make your requests be made known to Him. Let Him know that, God, I need your help. With a heart of thanksgiving na, na, I'm not worthy, Lord, of your generosity, of your goodness. But Father, I'm, I need your help. I need your peace. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of unworthiness. I'm thinking of things that is not right. God, guard my heart. Guard my mind. And fill it with good thoughts. And help me persevere in striving side by side with everyone else. I'll take this time to pray. Father, we have heard your word. God, allow it. We believe, Lord, that it has power. God, we know that you are powerful enough to change our hearts, to change the way we think. And Lord, we believe. We ask, Lord, that you you do this for us. Help us to see you and treasure you above all else. Help us to value you as most important. Help us to persevere in imitating you, God. And if there's anything hindering us, Lord, we trust that your peace would guard our hearts and our minds and take away all the shame, take away all the, the fear of coming back to you. God, we love you and help us, Lord, to experience this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join the Jikafandila community on Facebook and other social media platforms for more. Together, let's continue to obey Beyond Borders.